A-L-P-H-A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Back after two and a half weeks of extensive travel, and I will fill you in on my travels from Miami to Las Vegas to the People's Republic of Southern California. Not only did I attend the Florida Broadcasters Convention, the Premium Cigar Association Convention, I flew to Catalina Island for lunch. That was a great experience. I'll tell you about that. And to add to my repertoire of natural disasters, I went through two earthquakes. The general comes to California. The earth shakes. The ground moves. No truth to the rumor that it was the harem, 32 dames in the harem in my hotel suite that caused the ground to rumble in California. A ton to get to. Mick the Brit will join us from the European Theater of Operations next hour. We are ready front and center. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute. Semper delectatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the enemies of plastic. I'll get to that. About uh, in just a few minutes about the plastic issue and the, the 10 cent per bag tax and not being able to get a plastic straw in California in just a moment. But as always, the general with a long ash snappy salute. And wherever you may be joining us, get your cigar ready, throw a steak on the grill, get a libation ready. We are ready for alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Today, we have moved the Ford Theater of Operations, Command Center Alpha, to the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. And joining me, the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement and the General Manager of the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in Tampa, as well as being involved with all the Corona Cigar Stores, three in Orlando, one here in Tampa. We've got Tommy Diadio. Tommy D, saw you many times along with Angel and the entire crew out in Vegas. What would you think of the show? A little disappointing. A little disappointing. That's uh, what I heard between the attendance yeah. and a number of other issues going on. We will get to that. But I will tell you, we'll have a full Premium Cigar Association convention recap. I will tell you about the communists at the Ritz-Carlton in Fort Lauderdale that wanted to limit me from smoking my cigar outside. Then I'll tell you about the earthquakes I went through in California. In the People's Republic of California, I go into a parking garage at one of the shopping malls, and what do I see? A warning sign. I'll tell you about that. Then I go to Starbucks to get some coffee. What do I see as I'm putting in my stevia and mixing it in? A warning sign. Unbelievable. Everywhere we go, a warning label. I'll tell you about those California bag fees. I ran into Chris Matthews at the Miami airport while departing from Miami to Las Vegas. I'll tell you about that. Mick the Brit will be joining us. But 
Before we begin anything, today is the 24th anniversary of the launch of the Cigar Dave Show and its predecessor, Smoke This, which began July 8, 1995, in the Cigar City of Tampa, back on 620 WSUN at the time. And as we celebrate 24 years later, I was uh, just a young lad at the time. And hard to believe, if I, if I were to sit down 24 years ago, when I sat down, if you had told me that, hey, 24, year, 24 years later, we'd still be conducting cigar pleasure maneuvers and alpha male pleasure maneuvers, 24 years after the launch, I'd say, you are out of your mind. I will never forget Bobby Newman. First of all, Eric Newman, when I went to go see him before I started the show, said, you seem like a nice kid. We've been in the cigar business, our family, for 100 years. We can't talk about cigars for more than 10 minutes. How the hell can you talk about it for an hour? I said, Eric, no problem. His response to me then was, don't call us, we'll call you. Well, after the first show and the lines went crazy after the first few minutes, he called me that following Monday, and the rest is history. And then Bobby Newman, I'll never forget, about six months after we start the show, we go into national syndication, four markets. In, uh, we had Tampa, Miami, Albuquerque, and Salt Lake City, of all places. And I see Bobby Newman, and he said, Dave, how long do you think the show's going to go? And I said, I don't know. Listen, we just started it. We just went in syndication. Who knows? Maybe a couple of years. I don't know. And here we are 24 years later. So many thanks to all of our uh, alphas and our lieutenants and our great listeners, our great affiliates and all the people involved with the Cigar Dave show over the years could not have done it without you. Now, let me tell you chronologically about the last two and a half weeks. I went down to the Florida Association of Broadcasters Convention down at the Ritz-Carlton in Fort Lauderdale. Lovely hotel. Great room, club level, club lounge, magnificent. Pat Roberts and the, the Fabettes put a great convention together. So on the very first day, Pat and I are out on the, in the pool area by the, by the bar. We're way to the end, and Pat wants to light up a cigarette. I wanted to light up a cigar. I had not done so yet, and he lit up. Within about 10 minutes, somebody comes over. We'll call him Comrade Kami, one of the uh, head bartenders in the pool area. <laughs> comes over and says, I'm sorry, no smoking. You, you can't, can't do that. And in fact... We had a complaint from somebody by the, uh, at the end of the pool, a gentleman saying that he could smell the cigar aroma from somebody's third-floor balcony. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, you cannot be serious. He said, oh, no, no. He, he said he could smell it. I said, let me tell you something. Doesn't smoke rise? There's bingo. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Good one, Tommy. Now I know why you're the senior executive vice president and not just the regular vice president well, of spirits procurement. Smoke rises here. Smoke the rises. Are 30 feet up. Correct. And I said to him, for number one, smoke rises. The wind is going from north to south. All right. And we were facing to the south. So basically all that smoke's going to the south. I said, that guy is full of BS. But I didn't say BS. I told him exactly what I thought. He didn't like that. So he calls a manager. The manager comes over and says, I'm sorry, there's no, I didn't light up yet. So Pat says, okay, no problem. I said, but I'm going to tell you something. That is a load, and I went into a diatribe loaded with F-bombs, loaded with BS bombs, nonstop. My profanity was so eloquent, I, I really wanted to pat myself on the back. It was so good. And I let this guy know, by the way, I'm a platinum member of the Marriott Bonvoy and a top echelon at Ritz-Carlton, and I told him that. And I said, look, the mere fact that some clown 
Which, and I said, by the way, point him out. Where is he? Because I don't see him. And I saw the guy smoking a cigar, but I'm like, where is he? So afterwards, I went by. There's maybe three couples. And I said, excuse me, were any of you complaining about the cigar smoke? First guy looks and says, no, actually, I wouldn't mind having a cigar right now. Second couple, the guy says, no, somebody was smoking a cigar. He goes, actually, I like the aroma. Great. Third guy said, no, what are you talking about? So basically, Comrade Kami, the bartender, made it all up, made up the fact that somebody was complaining. So the mere fact that he saw me, I haven't even lit the cigar, made a big deal out of it. So when I left, I went to him and his other associate bartenders. I said, comrades, I wish you nothing but the worst. (laughs) And I went on my way. And, of course, it went to the very high top with the general manager, who didn't say boo to me. Why? Because he knew that I was correct. And when you're a good customer, they're not going to say boo to you. End of discussion. All right, so that's Comrade Kami. Now, I then go to the Miami International Airport early Friday morning. There's a nonstop flight on American from Miami. So I went from Fort Lauderdale to Miami, from Miami to Vegas. American flight leaves at 9.45 a.m. And who is on the flight? Who do I see? George Padron and the rest of the Padron family. I see Nestor Placencia. I see Carlos Padron, also of Nestor Placencia. Lito Gomez is a couple of seats in front of him. We're all in the, we're all in the first class Lounge. By the way, an international configuration with a sleeper seat, magnificent, fantastic. So we have a chance to chit-chat, but before I get to the gate, remember the Democrat debates took place that Wednesday and Thursday night. I'm in line to go through clear, where basically you do not have to take out your license. You just do a biometric, your, either your fingerprints or your eye scan. It says, bing, who you are, shows your itinerary, and the clear person escorts you right to the front of TSA Pre. There could be 300 people waiting in line, right to the front of the line, bing, bang, boom. So the clear that I have to use is a few, is one terminal over, no problem. There's a little bit of a line, not a big deal. I get through clear. I'm waiting in the TSA pre-line. There's maybe about five people ahead of me. And who do I look as I turn to my right as I'm in line? I see Chris Matthews of BSNBC and his producer. Now, Chris, I will tell you this. Tall guy, taller than I thought. Tall. He's probably about 6'2", 6'3". Very, very big beer gut. Huge, which is deceiving because you don't see that on television. So from the top up, chest up he looks you know trim but from the bottom he's definitely dropped a few (laughs) six packs now and then so me being the proverbial smart ass (laughs) because nobody likes a dumbass I don't so I looked at him and I said excuse me Chris you're in the wrong line this is only for Fox News viewers and of course a number of other people in line look and snicker so I I could tell I was in friendly company there's maybe about 22 people 23 people something like that and he said no where he said actually this is the smart people's line I said exactly that's why you're in the wrong line you need to go back to the other terminal <laughs> everybody around starts cracking up including his producer touche I got him he didn't know anything at that point he was a little silent that somebody gave it back to him. Because if you watch him on Hardball, he's always Mr. Smartass. He's the smartest one in the room. Nobody can get a word in. He's always the one that's got the uh, last word. If he disagrees with you, he'll berate you. But I got the last word. Then all of a sudden, he looked at me and says, where are you from originally? I said, he said, where are you from? I said, Tampa, but I'm originally from Buffalo. He said, oh, Buffalo, I know Tim Russell. I said, yes, I know Tim Russell, where he grew up, South Buffalo. My father grew up there. And then he said, Tampa, he said, I'm very good friends with so-and-so. Do you know him? He said, one of my best friends. I said, I know of him. I don't know him. 
and we chit-chatted, and I, I kept it friendly, and he asked what I did, and we, you know, again, I was polite. I was not going to be rude to him, even though I can't stand him. I think he's a condescending prick on the air. <laughs> I was going to be polite, because I don't think you weren't any points by being, you can be a wise ass, you can get a little jab, which I did, and when I did, gave it back to him, what happened? He realized he's dealing with a five-star alpha. He's not dealing with one of these lame-ass, wussified, normal Republicans that wilt at the sight of their own shadow. Not me. That was absolutely not going to happen. And afterwards, I said, going back to Washington, I said, you know who won those debates last night? He said, who? Who'd you think won? I said, President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> and everybody around looked and nodded and said yes. And one guy as I'm passing going, you know, I wanted to say everything you said to him, but I didn't have the balls. And I said, that's why, my friend, I am an alpha male. And he looked and said, I got to learn from you. And I told him, listen to the Cigar Dave show. And he's like, I'm going to download that on my mobile app. So it was beautiful. And before I left, I looked at him. I said, have a good trip back. And I shook his hand. Why? Because as an alpha male, I'm a gentleman. We are gentlemen. So, yes, I sparred with him, had some friendly humor. It was not rude. I was not uh, mean or evil. And when I was done, I shook his hand. All right, then we go to uh, Las Vegas. And as soon as I land at the Las Vegas airport, I didn't see last year I saw you, Tommy, you and Angel and the whole crew. I didn't see you this year. You guys got in, I think, what, earlier in the day or the day before? uh, Friday, Friday afternoon. Yeah, I got in Friday uh, late morning. All right, so. All of a sudden, I'm walking down to baggage claim, and I hear two gentlemen, one by the name of Lieutenant Johnny, who's got a store down in uh, Australia. And all of a sudden, I hear, General, as I'm walking by, and I turn around, and I'm like, do I know these gentlemen? And he said, Lieutenant Johnny, and introduces me to his friend. He said, big fans from Australia. We were on the same flight as you. We saw you. We were visiting. We came in first and visited Rocky Patel in Naples. Then we went over to Miami for a few days. And then we're on this flight. He's like, big listeners, we listen to you live at 2 a.m. Australia time. I said, you know, I've got a big contingency in Australia. I can't figure out why. Probably because, number one, they speak the same language that we do. Second, I said, I think people in Australia, they're alpha males. They like the good life. He said, absolutely. We love your show. People that come into our store, big listeners, so we're huge fans. I took pictures. In fact, I got a whole bunch of pictures I haven't posted yet on social media and CigarDave.com, but we will do that on the PCA page. Now, the PCA, we should say that while we were at the IPCPR convention, they changed the name. It used to be called the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association. They changed the name to the PCA, the Premium Cigar Association. And at that time, during the announcement, they made another announcement saying they were going to create a new event called Cigar Con. Now, you've heard of Comic Con. What other cons are there? Sergeant Steve, is there any other con? Isn't there like uh, Movie Con and yeah. you know, all these cons, Star right? Star Wars does one. <laughs> oh, Star Wars. Uh, no, wait a minute. Star Trek Con or something like <laughs> yeah. that. You know, Basically, William Shatner saying, people, you need to get a life. You're 70 years old. Stop. Okay. William Shatner, who's now doing CPAP commercials. The guy is 86, and he's doing he, – and by the way, he just got his tube dyed blonde. takes 10 years off him. He looks like he's 76 now. The guy <laughs> looks – I'm telling you, for his age, unbelievable. And he, by the way, loves cigars. Mm-hmm. He is a fellow cigar connoisseur. So they changed the name, and they announced this consumer festival that will take place on the first day of the PCA convention next year in Vegas on the Saturday. Now, they're expecting 4,500 tickets to be sold. There's going to be 
three levels, but they didn't make any of these announcements, how much it's going to cost, what you get for that. But they did say they did these, it. The, they did it at the breakfast. They did? Yeah, the, the, the VIP one was $1,200. I forgot what the first day well, was. Well, they didn't. I, I, I didn't <coughs> there was no official. They had a yeah. press conference, and they didn't get any costs. Rocky ended up telling me there's going to be three levels where for like 300 you get mm-hmm. 20, and then it's 500, maybe you get 30, and so on and so forth. Overall, they said 4500 because we spent all this money on, legis- on, on lobbying, on legal fees, on, on just fighting the FDA. This is a great way, number one, to bring consumers into the show, but also to raise money. But then they say in the next breath, at 4,500 tickets, it's still barely a break-even proposition. You sell 4,500 tickets to any event, how is it not a money-making event? What do you think? Next year you're going to sell 6,000? I don't see that happening. The response I received from most manufacturers was negative. Mm -hmm. Lito Gomez, very, very vocal against it. Number of manufacturers, the large guys saying, look, we come here. It's not that we don't want to have consumers, but we come here specifically to set up to deal with our retailers, Correct. to talk about our new products. And then the media gets out the word about the new products. Everyone I talked to, with the exception of probably Rocky Patel, Christian Aroe, and there were a few others that were on board, but I can tell you that most people were not happy about it, most manufacturers, and the retailers aren't happy about it because the retailers are expected to sell these Correct. tickets and then chaperone and escort the guests that they sell the tickets to. And then the PCA said, great, you can take them out to dinner, you can schmooze them. And they're like, great, now we've got to spend another, what, four or $5,000? Exactly. Because you can't get dinner in Vegas unless you go to uh, you know, one of the buffets yeah. at one of those schlocky hotels for less than 80 100 bucks a person. Yeah. So it was overall negative. Tommy, what was your thoughts? You talked to many retailers and many manufacturers. What did you think? First day was busy. After that, it wasn't. There was nobody there. It probably was the week they picked. Well, I think two things. Number one, they wanted to move the convention from the – here's what happened. Let me give everybody a history. Two years ago, so this would be 2017. In January of 2017, January February – The IPCPR, which had a contract with the Sands Expo Center, was informed from the Sands Expo Center and the Venetian and Palazzo Hotel that Microsoft was coming in to do a convention during the same dates and that, number one, they would take the entire convention center, and number two, they were going to take double or triple the number of rooms that the IPCPR had blocked. There is an out in the contract that the Sands has. If anybody has less than the full convention center and less than a certain number of rooms that for a buyout fee up to a certain amount of time, I think it's 120 or 150 days, they can buy you out. Well, guess what the uh, Sands Expo Center did? They wrote a check, I heard, between three to $500,000 to the IPCPR. The IPCPR had to scramble, and the last two years the convention was held at the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is not attached to any hotel. So it's much more difficult then the Sands Expo Center, which is attached to the Venetian and Palazzo. Mm-hmm. It's on the Strip. I know a number of manufacturers put their people at Treasure Island. They, they put them at the Wynn. They went to some other hotels. It's much easier to get to than the Las Vegas Convention Center. Well, in order to get the convention back this year, they had to move the convention to the weekend before July 4th. Not a great weekend, though. No. Most people have planned their vacation. So I think there's a couple of things. I think, number one, there's a Vegas burnout. I think there's Vegas fatigue. That all these East Coast retailers for the last five, six years now have gone to the West Coast. 
I talked to numerous manufacturers that said their East Coast reps, most of them had a ton of orders in the bag. Yeah. That, for example, I talked to a rep from Florida who told me that in his territory, he's got about 130 accounts, that he had 95-plus orders. Yeah. For the last few weeks, he went, gave the deals, and he said he only expected about a dozen of his retailers yeah. to show up. So the convention, I think, number one, is losing its significance. It's much more costly to go out to Vegas from the East Coast. The time of year, who wants to go to Vegas in the middle of the summer? Right. There's no need. If you want hot weather, we live here in Florida or the southeast or even the east coast has had hot weather. Why do you want to go to the middle of the desert and go into a sauna? You don't. For the manufacturers, the costs keep going up. I talked to one manufacturer that said, Dave, and they cut the size of their booth. They said between, even though we're, we're moving, we brought less people, we're not having them stay the entire three and a half days. We brought them in here Friday morning instead of Thursday. We've got half the crew leaving Sunday night, half that are leaving Monday with a skeleton crew for the half-day Tuesday. They said we must sell over a million dollars at wholesale just to break even. Do you know what they charge for the union coffee guy to run the machines? $3,000 a day. It's ridiculous. $100 for a bag of ice. $800 it's for a keg of beer. Trust me, when we used to do our big setups out there with the TV, we know what it costs to put the power mm-hmm. in and to put the, the uh, uh, you name it. We had to put power. We had to put in a broadband line. It is ridiculous. They get, what, $1,200 for a broadband line that should cost maybe 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. They already have the lines in there. Yeah. It is ridiculous. So the costs are going higher. The excitement factor, the wow factor is gone the attendance after the first day, I thought, was very, very slow on the retailer end. The good news, the retailers that are there are writing business. They're buying. Corona Cigar, I know a number of the other big retailers that I talked to, they are buying and the manufacturers did well. But you have to wonder, is it worth the cost when most, the majority of retailers are not going there? So when we come back, we'll continue talking about this year's Premium Cigar Association Convention. Tommy Diadio of uh, Davidoff uh, of Geneva Store and Lounge in Tampa and the Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando will rejoin us. We'll talk about some standout cigars, and I'll continue my travails. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is an Aganorsa Leaf Sampler, including the Aganorsa Leaf Habano. This mouth-watering Nicaraguan puro is loaded with full-bodied flavor. The Aganorsa Leaf Habano has spice and pepper notes with creamy sweetness on the finish. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. One of the cigars that was launched at the 2019 Premium Cigar Association Convention in Vegas a couple of weeks ago was from Aganorsa Leaf. The Aganorsa Leaf Signature Selection Maduro. It initially came in a shade-grown, well, I should say a Corojo uh, leaf originally, a medio-tempo leaf. But Eduardo Fernandez, I talked to him, one of the great growers, Tommy Diadio of Davidoff of Geneva and Tampa and the Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando. You would agree that uh, Eduardo Fernandez, one of the premier tobacco growers and manufacturers now, not only in Nicaragua, but the entire world. Yes, actually, every, everybody smokes his tobacco in everybody else's lines. He sells to everybody. His that, tobacco is everywhere. That is correct, and I really got a chance to get to know Eduardo. We spent a lot of time together, and he's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks along with Terry Riley because our July 2019 Officers Club selection is an Aganorsa Leaf sampler, including the Aganorsa Leaf Habano, which is a Nicaraguan puro, and we've got two of the JFR Lunatic Habanos, the Jackhammer, which is an 8x60 cigar, and the Lunatic El Chiquito, which is 4 and 3 quarters by 70. Mm -hmm. There's a reason they call them Lunatics, because the ring gauges and the sizes are crazy. But nobody, I think, uh, has really revolutionized tobacco growing, I'd say, in Nicaragua than Eduardo Fernandez. And he told me, he, first thing he did is said, General, I want you to try this new Maduro. Gave me this one, and there's another one they also released that we'll get to in the next few weeks. But he said, I spent 20 years, from the time I started growing tobacco 20 years ago, 20 years it took me to perfect the Maduro. He so, actually helped us at our farm, FSG, when oh, we were first he? growing. Yeah. Well, he's a great guy, wonderful guy, and uh, he <laughs> bought much, many of the brands and a lot of the assets from Tropical Tobacco. Correct. Pedro Martin was one of the legends in the cigar business, and he and I talked about some of the brands that they have, and I said, Eduardo, you got to bring some of those back. They're grandfathered brands yeah. protected under the FDA, and I said, you got to bring those back. I mean, Bicentennial, Don Juan, Lempira, Cacique, mm -hmm. some really, really good brands that way back were very popular. Well... He said, it took me 20 years. We just couldn't get it right. We would grow it. wasn't right. The soil wasn't right. We changed something. He said, after 20 years and multiple, multiple attempts in aging, we finally got it yeah. right. He was very proud of that. So the Agonor Salif Signature Selection just debuted 
with a shade-grown Corojo Maduro. Now, it's the same old Nicaraguan blend as its predecessor, using a Corojo 99 binder and a filler mix of Criollo 98 and Corojo 99 tobaccos, but it is covered in a Maduro Corojo 99 wrapper using a high priming uh, shade grown in the Jalapa region of Nicaragua. It comes in four different sizes, a Bellicoso, a Corona Gorda, a Robusto, and the Toro, which I've selected six by 52. Suggested retail between 10 and $11. They just started shipping the end of June. Again, 20 years it took him. Cannot wait to get to this cigar, but it's just the construction on all his cigars are fabulous. The look, I mean, look at that cigar, Tom. That is absolutely magnificent. It is indeed a marvelous-looking cigar. The Agonorsa Leaf Signature Selection Maduro, my selection today. You know, his seeds are from our Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Tommy, go ahead. What were you saying? Or seeds for FSG are his seeds. I didn't realize that. So yep. Eduardo Gage got you the yep. seeds. And we still have his seed, some of his original seeds. Outstanding. Well, he's a wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have him in the next couple of weeks on the show. All right. Self-sharpening, double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Uh, you can. This is the blowtorch. So we call this the Cigar Dave Welder's torch because it looked. You could weld, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, a hundred-story skyscraper with this thing. That's what I'll use. Giant, big jet flame. By the way, Tommy, at the PCA convention, there were some neat lighters that were launched, including one from Bugatti. Yes, that, that has a removable canister. You don't have to re- worry yeah. about filling it, and it's got a replacement head because a lot of times the jets malfunction. Yes. Incredible, revolutionary. I think it was what ninety nine bucks. Ninety nine dollars retail, and you got one backup top with it. Yeah, we're going to show that the next few <coughs> weeks. They they gave me one. I've got it uh, coming into my big shipment that should be arriving uh, probably on Monday. But incredible looking lighter, great technology, and you can all use those mini butane cans yes. to fill a regular lighter too. It was like a hundred fills in it. Uh, Suppose I think he said it would light. Yeah, a hundred cigars if I'm not mistaken, theoretically. But yeah. let's just say 50 cigars. Yeah. Still, you replace the can. You don't have to yeah. worry about the tank basically getting vapor lock and airlock and bleeding the tank. Ingenious idea. I can't believe yeah. nobody thought about it. But Egal, who is uh, the co-owner of uh, Bugatti, great invention. I mean, yes. just fantastic. So we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, a perfect cut as always. I will toast the foot of this cigar. And again, the Agonorsa Leaf Signature Selection Maduro took Eduardo Fernandez 20 years. Eduardo's a very fascinating guy. We'll have him on. Again, I want to talk about uh, just his background, how he got into growing cigar tobaccos and manufacturing. And they're one of the premier manufacturers, no doubt about it. They make uh, many of the Sindicato cigars. They're mm-hmm. making one of the new Gurkhas. And we'll talk about many of the new releases as I toast the foot of this cigar. Now I'm going to toast the filler. I will puff and rotate. Great draw. <laughs> Solid cigar. Mm, great aroma. Tommy, this is the first cigar I've had since the end of the PCA, Premium Cigar Association, convention, which ended a week ago Tuesday. So now it's been, uh, what, 11 days, something yeah. like that. 
And what I found is after the first, it was the RTDA, the Retail Tobacco Dealers Convention, and I said, this is going to be, man, I'm going to have tons of cigars, and you smoke an inch here, a half an inch yeah. here. And after four days of smoking cigars and testing cigars, I said after that I did not want to see a cigar yeah. for about another week at least. And what's interesting is when I was in California, it's good to let your palate clear out a little bit because yep. you try so many cigars, and all the manufacturers are like, General, try this right now. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll light it right now, but I need a whole bunch others because I want to do it on a clear, clean palate. No problem. So I get, I smoke probably a half an inch to three quarters of an inch when I'm at the convention of every cigar that is handed to me because I just want to get a rough sample. Right. And we'll talk about some of the cigars. There was one cigar from Lars Tetons that I smoked. Yeah. All I needed was about 60 <laughs> seconds. You know one. which cigar I'm talking about. <clears throat> yeah. We'll get to that. And the same thing with one from CAO, Rick Rodriguez yeah. of CAO, the session that we'll Sessions. talk about. Yep. How that starts and how it, how it uh, uh, changes. So in any event, I've got my Aganorsa Leaf Signature Selection Maduro. Fabulous. Beautiful notes. Medium-bodied, wonderful aroma. Fabulous. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Tommy, sometimes you just need, after smoking so many and testing so many cigars, sometimes you just need something very basic, nothing fancy, Nothing with uh, alcohol in it. So I have right now some freshly brewed espresso that you brewed for me in your very fancy Italian machine. Very, very fancy, I must say. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible how the beans, you know, they, they, it squeezes the beans. It, then it, 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 it grinds the beans. And then it's got like 100 millibars of pressure. Comes right in. That's exactly what I'm enjoying right now. Just some espresso black with just a couple of drops of stevia. I don't want it overly sweet. Very nice accompaniment to my Aganorsa Leaf Signature Selection Maduro. Now, Tommy, you're right. This is a fabulous cigar. Yeah. This is magnificent. Everything you make is good. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, let's talk about while we were out there, because we still have much to get to in this entire show, because I'm going chronologically on how things happen. So let's talk about the convention. The attendance by retailers was down. Yeah. Most of the manufacturers I talked to, they did well. There were a couple of new manufacturers I saw. One of them really I thought was fantastic called the Nova Cigar, mm -hmm. based in South Florida. And the principals behind it, the, the, uh, one of the principals, she used to uh, manage Club Macanudo and then Prime Cigar Bar down in Boca Raton. Ultra-luxurious premium cigar. It's going to be in the $15, $20 category. Fantastic. And they had a lot of action at their booth. And, in fact, one of the cigars they have, the Nova Sultan, I said, that's the name of my, one of my dogs. Mm -hmm. i got to take that. The general, take a box. <clears throat> take two boxes. So a beautiful or a Figurado, very, very nice torpedo. But I thought they had a lot of action. Yeah. Bugatti with their lighter, yeah. they had a lot of action. Uh, looking around, uh, Rocky had a lot of action. Mm -hmm. And we'll go through some of the standout cigars. So initially we talked about the, the Lars Tetton. Lars yeah. at the Alec Bradley booth got a ton of Ton oh, of action. Oh, he did. There was a ton of action now. They released a number of new blends, but Lars, that's really, to me, was the really the big, yeah. kind of the big uh, a standout performer at Alec Bradley. Yeah. And one of the cigars, I can't remember what it was called, but it's one of their original blends. It's spicy and rich. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, let me, let me try one. They had all the Lars behind. I, I make myself at home. They have like a bar with all the cigars that you can sample, 
And they've got the Lars, and they've got the Nespresso. By the way, I heard they went through like 5,000 capsules, Nespresso capsules, making coffee in three and a half days. So that was one of my homes away from home. And, of course, Alan Rubin and Ralph Montero and and just everybody at uh, Alec Bradley are just, you know, like, like family. So I come make myself at home. And I'm like, General, just, just make yourself at home. I'm like, no problem. I will. So I grab one of the Lars cigars. You picked the wrong one. Well, I picked a <clears> few <throat> of them. But the one that I sampled first, and actually Jonathan Lipson, who's their uh, VP of marketing, he looked and he said, be careful, General. And I didn't know what he meant, but I lit that cigar. It was like smoking habanero sauce right out of the box. I think it was, a, it was called it was something habanero. It was, it was whatever it was. It, was it, was, it My entire mouth and lip area were on fire after about a minute. I'm like, I'm done. That's it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a unique taste. They said, General, go up over to one of the sweeter ones from Lars, which I did, which was much more pleasant. But, again, he's got something for everybody. And we have CigarDave.com. We did exclusive in-booth, on-floor coverage, including an entire walk-around tour, a 45-minute walk-around tour of the entire trade show floor. So go to CigarDave.com after the show ends, and you can watch all these videos that we did. We were at Davidoff, Alec Bradley. We were at Gurkha. We were um, at CAO. We did an interview with uh, you, Tommy, and Jeff Borshowitz and Angel, the whole crew there. We've got uh, uh, Bill from Smoke Shop 2 in Miami. Uh, We've got Manuel Casada and and Raquel Casada. So we went to – we've got the Padrones. We talked a little bit about uh, their background with the 1964 anniversary. So we really had a nice opportunity to walk around and, and see a lot that was going on. And, in fact, it's the spicy sweet. It's called the SS. Yeah. There was no – let me put it this way. I didn't taste any sweetness. It was spicy, 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 super hot spicy. How, how much did you smoke of it? A minute. Okay. That's it, all I needed. It does change right after – you, you got to bear with it in the beginning. It does change. It goes away. I couldn't take it after a minute. <laughs> I, I mean, know. literally after a minute, it's, I'm like, my mouth is on fire. It's I'm tough done. in the beginning, but it does go it, – it does drop. It was, it was absolutely brutal. All right, so let's look at some of the other cigars. The CAO Session. Yes. All right, a very unique cigar. And the reason they named it Session is because when you're having a cigar, it's like you're enjoying a session. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you are having a cocktail, you're having drinks with friends, or you're just sitting around and schmoozing, it's a session. Great name, nice orange band. Starts off with a lot of sizzle. Yes. And then after about a minute, it tames right down. Mm-hmm. But not a habanero sizzle. A lot no. of spice. And I believe that had a uh, pencil or a uh, Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper mm-hmm. on that. But very, very nice. What did you think of that cigar? All our guys in the store that like batik cigars, full-body cigars, all love that. So that was something we're going to bring in, which that's probably one of the best things for the younger market they came out with. And actually, we have got that slated for one of the Officers Club selections <clears throat> In 2000, uh, late 2019 or 2020, all of our selections are done. Yeah. We've nailed them all down. And, in fact, the problem I had, I really needed 20 months or 22 months in the year because mm-hmm. I had manufacturers saying, General, I want to do this one and this one. I want to do two. I'm like, I'm sorry. I've got to, you know, have a, a, a variety. I just yeah. There's only 12 months in the year. Good problem to have. Alec Bradley, um, uh, Alec Rubin and Bradley Rubin work with Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Created the Alec yep. Bradley Gatekeeper. I like yeah, that cigar. That was good, too. A lot of flavor. Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and filler. Um, let's see. Also from um, Crown Heads. Yeah. 
The La Coalition. The one that was with Boy Herrera? Uh, yes. yes. Very, very nice. Ecuadorian, or Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper, Ecuadorian Sumatra Binder, and Nicaraguan Dominican Fillers. Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting. I always look for a theme at every PCA convention, IPCPR convention. Is it full-flavored? Is it Cameroon? There was a reemergence going back to, not reemergence, but there was a kind of retro, if you will, going back to Connecticut broadleaf-wrapped cigars, yeah. which traditionally have a sweeter type of mm-hmm. taste. But now, with the filler and binder blend, they're giving it strength right. with a little bit of sweetness. So a very nice cigar, 11 to $15. Uh, from De Los Reyes, Augusto Reyes, one of the great cigar manufacturers, and his, his daughter just... They are just wonderful people. The first time I went to the Dominican Republic, this is now, what, 23 years ago. Quick story here before we take a timeout. I went down, and I went to go see Arturo Fuente. I went to see General. I went to see Quesada. <coughs> make, make the rounds. Right. Well, and I did not know Augusto Reyes. I'd known of him. I, we met a few times. Certainly wasn't friendly with him. I get a uh, Daniel Nunez, who ran the General factory. We had lunch at the, at the plant. And he said, I just got a call from Augusto Reyes. When we're done here, he's got a car to pick you up. Oh, no, he said, actually, tomorrow morning, he's got a a car to pick you up and take you over to the factory in the morning. I said, well, I've got an appointment. You know, first I'm going over to see the Casadas, But afterwards, he's like, no problem. I'll get everything. So I said, well, it's not necessary. I can get a ride. Nope, 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 nope. So he said, if you want, give Augusto a call. So I said, Augusto, I can get a ride. Nope, nope, nope. I'll pick you up. You call me when you're ready. My driver will pick you up. So it's probably about 11 o'clock. Driver, in two minutes, the driver's there. He must have been waiting outside the factory. It's like an Uber. Picks me up, takes me to uh, Augusto's factory, walk in, go into his office. First of all, in the factory, you could eat off the floors. Incredibly clean. Go into his office. And he's got a conference room right there. There's about a 50-course spread of food and, and uh, you know refreshments and everything. He's like, we've got this all prepared for you. And then he had a few other guests. I go, Augusto, you didn't have to do that. Nope, 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 nope. Went to his factory, smoked cigars. And he said, how long are you here for? I said, well, I'm here for another two and a half days. My driver will be everywhere, anywhere you need, he will take you. I said, no, it's not necessary. Nope. Insisted. The hospitality that Augusto displayed off the charts. And everybody talks down in the minute. So they knew I was there. And to this day, we've remained great, great friends. He's a wonderful guy. And uh, Nirka, his daughter, very, very nice. One of the cigars they launched was by Saga called the Solaz, which means solace or comfort. New brand. It's got an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Dominican binder and filler. Incredibly smooth cigar. And their Saga cigars are fantastic. So we're going to do something with them in the Officers Mm -hmm. Club. And they've got another one that looks like a book. I don't know if you saw that. They had these bookshelves there, and they looked exactly like it. Incredible. The cigars are off the charts. I have them in the bag. I haven't smoked them yet. Incredible. So there's a lot more that we will get to. We'll continue front and center with uh, Tommy Diadio of the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in Tampa, Corona Cigars in Orlando. Much more to get to about the PCA. Mick the Brit will join us in the next hour. I'm very perturbed at the U.K., very perturbed at their soon-to-be former ambassador, and Theresa May, who's a talk about a wussified beta. Oh, and no rhythm. We'll get to that. Much more coming your way as we continue front and center. 
Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Membership in the Cigar Dave Officers Club has its privileges. We send you three cigars every month. Some are mild, some are medium, some are full, various ring gauges. And we have put a special series of cigars together for our July 2019 Officers Club selection. It comes to us from Aganor Salif, a Nicaraguan manufacturer that makes fantastic cigars. First up, you will get an Aganor Salif Habano. Beautiful cigar, Nicaraguan, beautiful Robusto, medium to full-flavored, very rich, elegant premium cigar. And we've got two very unique cigars, super-sized ring gauges from the Lunatic Habano series, the Lunatic Jackhammer, 8 inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, and the Lunatic El Chiquito Habano, 4 and 3 quarters inches with a massive 70 ring gauge. Big ring gauges for July from Aganor Salif. Go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month. Get you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Want to wish Lieutenant Gary of the Western New York Theater of Operations a very happy birthday. I'm sure he will be celebrating with Mrs. Harem of One Gina. She will be catering to his every need at the GOP, the Gary O'Brien Pub, one of the most exclusive, classified, cigar-friendly, libationary establishments in the Western New York Theater of Operations. So a very happy birthday to Lieutenant Gary. Next week, we will commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 Mission landing on the moon. Man on the moon, as Walter Cronkite said. We will celebrate that with an hour next week. Tommy Diadio of Corona Cigars, Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in Tampa. A couple of other things. Gurkha had the the Gurkha 30th anniversary, yep. which was nice, and the Gurkha Real, yep. nice mild to medium-flavored yep. cigar. That's going to be a good one. Drew Estate had some uh, nice new cigars as well. I know you were over at the Drew Estate booth. They have some new things that are coming out including, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember what they had. Uh, oh, it'll come to me. You know what? There's so many that they had. 
that uh, we've got a list and we have limited time. So in the next hour, we'll get to E.P. Carrillo, we'll get to Drew Estate, we'll get to Davidoff, we will get to um, uh, just a number of other A.J. Fernandez. There's a whole bunch of other things. And there was initially going to be a cannabis-related cigar. However, regulations do not permit that to be displayed uh, on the show floor, so we'll tell you about that. We have much more to tell you about. I'll tell you about my trip to California, the warning labels everywhere you go, the California bag fee. You want a bag? Ten cents for every bag. We will get to that. Much more coming your way. Mick the Brit is standing by in the European Theater of Operations. We go a long time with the uh, British uh, UK. I am not happy at all. Hour two is next. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. My cigar is not the only thing that is fired up. I am fired up regarding the comments by soon-to-be former British ambassador to the United States, Kim Derrick. Now, officially, he's known as Sir Kim Derrick. I don't care if he's a sir, a ma'am, a man. I'm not going to give him that respect, especially what he had to say about our fantastic president. President 45, the 45th president of the U.S., I have dispatched Mick the Brit to appear with us in just a few moments. I am going to give it to Mick like you cannot believe. All I can say is I hope Mick has the preparation H ready to go because it is not going to be pleasant by the time I am done with him. As we continue, our number two front and center from our Ford Theater of Operations, Command Center Alpha has moved to the Davidoff of Geneva store and lounge in the Cigar City, Tommy Diadio the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement of the Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando and the Davidoff of Geneva Store here in Tampa, as well as the General Manager of the Davidoff of Geneva Store in Tampa rejoins us. And, Tommy, we still have a lot to get to on some of the other cigars at the Premium Cigar Association Convention. And you brought up a very interesting point before we get to Mick. I talked about how the number of retailers attending way, way down the last number of years, I think there's... Vegas fatigue, the time of year. Who wants to go to Vegas yeah. in the middle of the summer where it's un- you know, bearably hot? But you told me something very interesting. 80% of the orders you've already done yeah. prior to the convention yep. for all the new stuff that's yeah. coming out. Yeah, we did. You didn't even need to go. Well, we look at the new stuff there and uh, always check out Prometheus and all the new lines right. and see if we want to bring them in. But the reality is that... Corona Cigars in Davidoff, Geneva, here in Tampa, are amongst the premier cigar retailers in the mm-hmm. country. You get visited by the top reps from every manufacturer, yeah. whether a lighter, accoutrement, cigar. They would come to you. Correct. And they do come to you. Yes, they do. But uh, Jeff <clears throat> Warshowitz, the owner, Jeff and Tanya, 
they still send an entire crew. Not just Jeff goes, yeah. you go, Angel goes. You had about five guys I Victor, saw there. Victor, Billy, Matt. Yeah. Right, you send the whole crew. Jeff could easily say, we don't need to spend that kind of yeah. money. Let's just nix everyone. I'll go and maybe just you and Angel will go, or we don't have to go at all. Yeah. But you still go, and you do write some orders, but the overwhelming majority of your orders, the new products, you already ordered. Right. He goes because he works as FSG at the That's booth. That's right, Florida Sun Group, yeah. correct, with Drew Estate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And by the way, he looked very dapper in the rental suit that he had. I said he looked good. And he actually drove the Borshowitz family RV mm-hmm. from Orlando all the way up to Alaska. Uh, Jeff, Tanya, and Boris and Van, their kids, flew to Vegas yes. for the convention and flew back. Yep. And they're dry. I said, Jeff, when are you coming back to Orlando? He goes, ah, sometime before the kids start school yep. in August. And they caught incredible fish. Yes. How uh, bit. Huge. These things were yeah. like 60 pounds, 70 yes. pounds. And he said, we're going to cook them <clears throat> at Sand Lake. I'll let you know, and you got to come over. So yeah. we're definitely going to do that. But <clears throat> you do not – you see everything ahead of time. You make your orders. So the relevance of the convention is becoming less and less. And I think unless they change up, I think the date should be in March. Yeah. I think they all should alternate between Tampa, Orlando, and Vegas. Yeah. Uh, because cigar smoking season really with all the smoking bans – in the Northeast, the Southeast, the Midwest, the Pacific Northwest really starts around April, late mm-hmm. April or May. You know, and peak is probably until maybe November. I mean, diehards will smoke right. year-round, but it's harder and harder to find establishments outside of the state of, say, Florida and even some in Georgia where you can go into a bar and smoke a cigar. Yeah. Very, very difficult. California, you're like a pariah out there. Yeah, you are. It's ridiculous. And we'll get to our visit to California in just a few moments. The warning labels went through two earthquakes. I see yesterday there was another aftershock, I think 4.5 on the Richter scale. But earlier this week, it was leaked private messages of Ambassador Kim Derrick, British ambassador to the United States, private messages leaked in which he calls the Trump administration, and I'm quoting here, unpredictable, inept, and uniquely dysfunctional. Called the president himself insecure. Wondered whether the administration would fall in disgrace and mused on whether Trump may be indebted, indebted to dodgy Russians. He also wrote, and I quote, we could be at the beginning of a downward spiral that leads to disgrace and downfall. Now, let, let me take look at these statements. Unpredictable? Yes. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that President Trump is unpredictable. Yep. He's not going to show our enemies. And by the way, the Europeans in NATO who have been mooching on the United States, the backs of the United States taxpayers for 40 years since the Cold War by not paying their fair share. Germany hasn't. France hasn't. I don't know if uh, the U.K. has. But there are a whole host of uh, countries that have not paid their, co- their, agree- their pursuant to their agreement, their mandatory, I believe it's 2% of GDP on defense spending. We've been carrying them. Yeah. President Trump, unpredictable. He's not like Obama and Bush that are going to do the same old things. Is he a disruptor? You're damn right. That's why the American people voted for President Trump. They are sick and tired of both parties screwing the American taxpayer. Is he inept? Well, let's see. The economy is humming along at one of the best clips ever. Job growth is incredible. President Obama who said, how are you going to bring manufacturing back? Well, what are you going to have, a magic wand? Well, President Trump has brought manufacturing back. I'm looking to get a new washer and dryer. 
It's got to be made in the United States. Whirlpool's made in the United States. You know who else is made in the United States now who opened up uh, two, I think, half a billion dollar factories? LG and Samsung. Samsung in South Carolina and LG in Tennessee. You think that would have happened under Obama or Bush? Hell no. So is he inept? Hell no. President Trump is highly, highly competent. Is uniquely dysfunctional? Does he get rid of a lot of people? Just like in business. You're not cutting it, you're out the door. You're not going to stay there for four years or eight years until you get your next gig. <clears throat> President Trump insecure? I don't think so. He's an alpha male. Does he go off on uh, Twitter too much? Sure, sometimes. But would you rather have Theresa May, who is a laughingstock, who's, forget beta, Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister, she had nads. Yeah. She stood up for Britain. She was a great ally of the United States. She took no nonsense. Theresa May couldn't find her way out of a piss-soaked paper bag. <laughs> Brexit. Trump told her what to do. She didn't listen. Consequently, her ass is out of a job. She's a lame <clears throat> duck. President Trump returned fire, calling the British ambassador a pompous fool. And you know what? A lot of Brits are pompous fools. They think that They're so supreme over the United States. They think they're supreme over America. They're the original, the old world. They know better. Last time I looked, the great British Empire is not an empire anymore. What do they have? Uh, Scotland. They've got uh, Britain. I mean, Jesus, they're lucky they won the Falkland Islands War. They had to give uh, Hong Kong. I would have said, sorry, I don't care what the agreement says. We're keeping Hong Kong. That's the end of that tune. Now, he also said that the British ambassador is wacky and a very stupid guy. He said the administration would refuse to work with Derek, which may have forced the ambassador's hand because he resigned Wednesday. Trump also went on to say, I do not know the ambassador, but he is not liked or well thought of within the U.S. We will no longer deal with him. The good news for the wonderful United Kingdom is that they will soon have a new prime minister. Derek wrote, the current situation is making it impossible for me to carry out my role as I would like. And uh, Prime Minister Theresa May, another loser, said, Sir Kim has given a lifetime of service to the U.K. We owe him an enormous debt of gratitude. Instead of looking and saying, you know what? I don't agree with what he had to say about the president. Now, if she would have said, I don't agree with it, that was his, his opinion. I don't agree with it. He's entitled to his opinion. But nonetheless, I'll stand by him, but that's not how I feel. Instead, she rolled over just like she rolled over with Brexit. Now, I have recalled Mick the Brit, the colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations. Mick, I say this with all due respect. If it weren't for us inept Americans, you Brits would be speaking Deutsch, German right now. We had to bail your asses out in World War II. General, uh... What you've said so far, I agree with. However, I think in in terms of history, I think you'll find that this will be what we would call a storm in a teacup. And, and the, the simple reason for that is, is because you might recall President Trump had a, what I would call a successful um, state visit to the UK. Not only that, but he also... Uh, paid his respects, of course, to 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 our fallen uh, heroes in World War II. So he was there representing, of course, the great uh, state of America. So, yes, you're right. And let me put some icing on the cake here, General. The comments that uh, 
Sakim made there. Well, they were made in 2017. This leak is, I would say, is beyond a coincidence. You see, General, we're now at the stage where it looks like we're going to get Boris Johnson as leader of the Conservatives, and by virtue of that, he will end up also being Prime Minister. A man that is liked by President Trump, a man that is also an American. Uh, Boris Johnson was born in uh, New York, midtown New York. So, and he's determined, it seems, that he wants to be out of the EU by October the 31st, with uh, the US saying, we want to do a great deal uh, in terms of trade with the I like Boris Johnson. I like Nigel, Nigel Farage. Love him. In fact, I think Boris Johnson should name Nigel Farage as the British ambassador to the United States. He has a wonderful relationship with President Trump. And what this boils down to, Mick, is not dissimilar to what we're seeing here in the United States with the deep state cabal, the globalists that don't like the fact that President Trump is a disruptor. Because he's cutting off all the cozy ties and relationships, because he's standing up for America, you got to remember, most of these people in government, they serve in government, they make their contacts and acquaintances, and then they capitalize on them to the detriment of their own countries. And when you look at many of the people in Britain, in the UK government, they're globalists. They don't like the fact that the people of Britain voted to leave uh, the EU. They don't like Brexit. They want another referendum. And Derek doesn't like the fact that Trump is a supreme alpha male that takes no BS, that calls it like it is. So when you say he's inept, he's unpredictable, as far as I'm concerned, unpredictable is good. I mean, Barack Obama was predictable as the day is long. He wasn't going to do anything. He basically did nothing to salvage uh, or to, to deal with China trade, did nothing to deal with our trade imbalance. He put America last. President Trump puts America first. The people of America like that, but the globalists don't. And Theresa May, I have to say this, Mick. First of all, she's yeah. only what? I think 62 years old? Yeah. She looks like she's 162. The woman needs oh, to go in and get her hair colored. And by the way, did you see her? The woman has no rhythm whatsoever. She was in Africa on a state trip. Did you see her try to even dance? They had this, like, African dance. The woman has no rhythm whatsoever. She, she looks incredibly, incredibly like a doofus. And then they had Dancing Queen. They introduced her at uh, the conservative party, I think, a year ago to speak. And they had Dancing Queen playing as she was coming on stage. The woman has no rhythm. Sergeant Steve, I want you to post that at CigarDave.com and social media. There are two uh, cuts that we can get online. The woman is an embarrassment to the U.K. She is so weak. She is pathetic. And beyond the fact that she's had, what, a year and a half now to negotiate to get out of Brexit, do the Brexit to get out of the EU and hasn't been able to do it? Come on, President Trump would have it done in a New York minute. And President Trump was right. You don't have a deal, do freaking bad. Leave. And by the way, President Trump, first thing you're going to see, once they leave the EU, he and Boris Johnson are going to cut an incredible trade deal, and you are going to see a huge uh, uh, increase of trade between both countries to the benefit of both countries, not one-sided. 
General, I agree. And I'd also like to go one step further and see uh, some freedom of movement of people between our two great nations. You're absolutely right about Theresa May, or Theresa Dismay, as I call her. You're right. Theresa Dismay. Exactly. So She's history. So when will we see Boris Johnson elected and uh, take uh, take the reins from Theresa May, who's a lame duck? Um, by all accounts, by about this time next week, sir. Excellent. So we're less than uh, a week away, and do you think he's going to name Nigel Farage as the new U.S. Amb- British ambassador of the U.S.? Uh, no, and Nigel Farage does not want to be the uh, British ambassador to the uh, United uh, States uh, General. He's already stated that. He's he's the head of his own political party, the Brexit Party, which I'm a supporter of. Which, so he's got enough on his plate as well. By the way, the already. party's only been in existence six weeks and captured yep. a huge share of the uh, the recent vote. And what I love is the fact that in Britain you want a new party? Great. I wish we had that in the United States. I'd like to see the Trumpanian party. All Trump, where basically we are 100% for America. We don't have these rhinos, these wussy Republicans like Paul Ryan, who is afraid of his own shadow, who is a globalist, who is anti-America. Paul Ryan's an enemy of America as far as I'm concerned. I wish we could do that here in the United States where you create a party, put it to vote, bing, bang, boom. That would be fantastic. Indeed, General. And uh, as I said, you've had the the deep state working against yourselves there and President Trump. We've had it here. Hence the leaks now, so to speak. When all things look like they're going in a good direction, you know, boom, this comes along. It's the deep state. 76% of uh, Parliament MPs there in Parliament wanted to remain in the EU despite what their constituents say. 63% of uh, locations... Uh, wanted to stay, uh, wanted to leave the EU. It's the deep state, and the, the people have had enough. Boris Johnson has to deliver this, General, because I, for one, am not going to vote for any of those people in Parliament currently. So it, hopefully uh, there will be a general election, I'm afraid to say, so that to uh, show confidence in the government, and uh, hopefully uh, the Brexit party will gander many votes there, and I think Nigel Farage... He won't become king, but he will certainly become a kingmaker. Outstanding. All right, well, we like, we certainly very much like Boris Johnson, and I saw there was a picture of him earlier this week. He went into a London pub to have a beer middle of the day. I like a prime minister or president that says, I'll take a pop middle of the day. No problem. I like that. All he needs is a cigar, and he would be in great shape. Mick? General, uh, one more thing, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, in the absence of a British ambassador there in the USA, I'd like to nominate myself uh, for this interim period <laughs> for the purposes of the Cigar Dave show so that our great relations can continue. Well, the good thing, Mick, is that you don't have to be paid in pounds sterling. You will be paid in pints of Guinness. So I'm sure Boys. I'm sure that that could be a great deal for the... The, oh, actually, it could cost the Brits more than just paying you in British pounds <laughs> sterling now that I think about it. But, Mick, that's why I brought you on as the yep. colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations based in the U.K. I'm glad that you agree with me and that you have everything under control. And Boris Johnson yes, will be in place. Theresa Dismay will be out. We've got this clown, Kim Derrick, out. And we'll get a British ambassador that we can work with that understands the special relationship. All I can tell you is... They didn't say, I didn't see any of the British ambassadors saying anything about President Obama 
when the first thing he did, first act, was to remove the bust of Winston Churchill from the Oval Office, whereby President Trump, the first day, get that bust back in here. It is in a prominent location. But I didn't hear any of the globalists in the U.K. or in Great Britain saying, oh, that's terrible what President Obama did. They didn't say boo, because just like Obama, they were globalists. But President Trump had a great trip to Britain. I thought it was wonderfully orchestrated. The, he has a great relationship with the Queen. And, uh, yep. and the fact of the matter is, I think Theresa May is intimidated by President Trump because he's an alpha and she is an absolute wussified beta that is clueless, whereas President Trump runs circles around her and she knows it. Mick the Brit, we appreciate you joining us from the European Theater of Operations based in London. I believe Captain Eric will be coming to see you on a uh, trip across the pond very soon. Excellent, General, and I look forward to welcoming him here in the UK and London. All right, fantastic. That is Mick the Brit. Oh, that, that ambassador, not happy at all. And it's not surprising to me because we have so many, even here in the United States, that have gone after President Trump. He's incompetent. He's unstable. But yet the economy roars along. They said he was going to take us to war. We'd be in world wars with before you know it. And look, North Korea, he goes and meets with the, uh, 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 you know, the, the whatever, Kim, whatever they call it. What's his commander? What do they call him? Uh, leader Kim, whatever they call him, his official title. But he goes to North Korea. Every other U.S. president looked through binoculars over the DMZ. President Trump said, hey, you know what? I'm going to establish a relationship with this guy. And if that means, and he's no saint, we all know that Kim Jong-un is no saint. We know that. But the reality of the world is you have to deal with unsavory characters. Here are your options. Nuclear war or a war with North Korea, or you develop a relationship where now all of a sudden the two can communicate and maybe bring the tension level down. Same thing with Iran. I Listen, I disagreed initially. I thought President Trump should launch all the bombs. He took a different tact, and as it turned out, they launched a cyber war attack on Iran. They're increasing the sanctions, and he said, you do anything against an American person, any harm, we're coming after you. So President Trump is fully in control of the situation. That is fact. Manufacturing coming, coming back, he's dealing tough with China. But I must say, it gave me great pleasure this week to see Nancy Pelosi and the other Blue Dog Democrats being called racists by AOC, Talib, and uh, Ilhan Omar and her squad. The Dems are getting a taste of their own medicine. What goes around comes around. The chickens have come home to roost. Because what do the Dems do? You disagree with them? Oh, you're racist, you're xenophobe, you're homophobe. Nothing could be further from the truth. But now the Dems are getting a little bit of that sour taste in their mouths. And I could not be happier. We will continue from Davidoff of Geneva in Tampa around the corner. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails, too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com.
membership in the Cigar Dave Officers Club has its privileges. We send you three cigars every month. Some are mild, some are medium, some are full, various ring gauges. And we have put a special series of cigars together for our July 2019 Officers Club selection. It comes to us from Aganor Salif, a Nicaraguan manufacturer that makes fantastic cigars. First up, you will get an Aganor Salif Habano. Beautiful cigar, Nicaraguan, beautiful Robusto, medium to full flavored, very rich, elegant premium cigar. And we've got two very unique cigars, super size ring gauges from the Lunatic Habano series, the Lunatic Jackhammer, eight inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, and the Lunatic El Chiquito Habano, four and three quarters inches with a massive 70 ring gauge. Big ring gauges for July from Aganor Salif. Go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month. Get you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. This is Voice Talent Head, reminding you to help control the socialist liberal population. Have your socialist lib friends spayed or neutered. The Cigar Dave Show is a production of the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. All right, you never know who's going to stop by at the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge, and we've got Renee, the president of Villiger. Renee, pop over there, grab the microphone right there. Put that right on. Outstanding. Now, Renee, very interesting. Villiger made a decision not to attend the Premium Cigar Association convention. And I think that many people took note of that. Tell us your uh, thought process in that decision. Uh, As you might know, we as a company, we are, you know, 70% of our sales of our products comes from the machine-made cigars. Right. Uh, so just 30% of the revenues that we generate in the U.S. market come from handmade cigars uh, um, in the market. So that was a decision that we decided to make, that uh, the IPCPR is 100% focused on handmade cigars. So our return on investment wasn't there. So we reached out to the IPCPR. We told them that they will have our financial support for the legal efforts, but it wasn't uh, the right place for the portfolio of products that we have <coughs> to expose our products. So it was, it was just a return on investment decision based in our portfolio and the selection of products that are 70% of them, it's the machine made a portfolio. But Renee, Villiger has made a conscious effort to get back into the premium cigar space in the United States over the last, I think, four or five years or so, and you joined uh, Villager was president, what, about two years ago? Four years ago. Is it four already? When the process started, that wow. was the idea, the conscious <clears throat> effort to get into the handmade business, and that was one of the reasons that I was brought on, on board to focus and to put some, to create a serious footprint for Villager on the handmade uh, cigars. So let's talk about some of your cigars. You were with Miami Cigars for many, many years. That's where you and I first met. But let's talk about some of your premium cigars, because over the last, uh, really, Four years, but the last two, three, you've really had an increase in new products to market. So let's talk about, you just gave me 
the Villiger La Vencedora. Yes, Villiger La Vencedora was uh, recently rated 94 on Cigar Aficionado. <laughs> and we have been fortunate, we know, with the new products that we have uh, <coughs> created, sorry. Uh, we restarted at the time that I started with the company. We released the Villiger La Flor de Clan that uh, we got 93, 94s in the different sizes, and it was named number 10 Cigar of the Year by Cigar Aficionado in 2017. Uh, last year, we were number 15 with the Villiger Sandoro Colorado. Um, so we have been fortunate enough every single year that uh, from the last three years, we have been on the top 25 cigars of the year on Cigar Aficionado. And even Cigar Journal gave us, with La Vencedora, last year, the number eight cigar of the year. So yes, we're making a conscious effort on the on the handmade cigars, the premium handmade cigars. Um, we're not rushing any products into the market. We're taking a step-by-step -step approach, developing brands that make sense for the U.S. <coughs> market because most of the products before my time, they were created in Europe and then they were brought right. to the U.S. These products, La Flor de Clan, La Vencedora, uh, these are products that were developed for the U.S. market with, with the U.S. consumer in mind with the type of cigars that we enjoyed uh, over here that they tend to be different from, from Europe or any other markets in, in, in the world by that means. No? Now, La Vencedora means the victor, the champion, uh, medium-bodied cigar from what I understand. Yes, sir. And it's uh, made by Hoya de Nicaragua from, sure. you know, for us. Mm -hmm. And the other one that I will uh, give you cigar, um, it's uh, the Villager La Flor de Inclán. That has been our you know, leader of the pack for the last couple of years, especially since we got the number 10 Cigar of the Year uh, and Cigar Aficionado. R Rene, the only thing that matters is what the general says about mm -hmm. the cigar. That's the most important. Right, Tommy? Yes. I agree. What I say? There you go. I That's agree. it. I agree. And, and we'll smoke one before we go here. But uh, Two different profiles. You know, uh, exactly. uh, Villiger yep. La Flor de Inclán, it's a medium body uh, cigar, but based on Dominican tobaccos. And La Vencedora is also a medium body, but it has a Nicaraguan profile um, on, the, on, the, on the flavor, on the flavor of the cigar, the blend of the, of the cigar. So when you look now at the, the market and you visited, you know, you come Davidoff and Corona to visit and so on, you've got two medium-bodied cigars that you launched. Do you think that is really the sweet spot where the, you know, the most of the consumers, the connoisseurs, their palate really is in that medium-bodied category? I will tell you, and I'm talking just from numbers reference, still the best cigars, and this is based on volume, not on flavor, you know, flavor profile, are the mild cigars. Right, mm -hmm. no uh, question. I can tell you that we have a brand called the Villiga Cuellar that is a Connecticut uh, blend, uh, mild to medium body, and uh, we sell a serious amount of, uh, of those cigars. Those are made by Hochi Blanco and Tabacalera Palma. Uh, and they use an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. And I think you hit it right on the head. People like the mild, mild, medium. Yeah. Even though there's most people talk about a lot of the fuller-flavored <coughs> cigars. But, Tommy, you see it. People yeah. coming in, what do they say? Yeah. I don't want anything too harsh. I've seen people smoke strong cigars. All they smoke is strong, and now they're all smoking mild to medium right. flavor. Because they don't want harsh. Most people don't right. understand it's harsh. It's not strong. Right. It's One harsh. of the cigars launched was the Cohiba Connecticut. Yeah. This year, more of a mild-bodied yeah. cigar. Yeah. So I think we saw a, a number of cigars at the PCA convention, but I think you hit it right on the head. That mild medium space is really where the yeah, action. Even Saka made the Sober Mesa Brulee, right? Which is creamy. I was I just finished smoking it. Was that's what market is. So Renee, now that you've been there four years. Uh, you've got a nice portfolio. Are you working on some new blends already for next year? Yes, actually, for this uh, uh, year, we're planning to release one early September. 
uh, more on the medium body with the San Andres Maduro made by the Hochi Blanco again. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the year, we're planning to release uh, a regional blend on our traditional blend, the, the brand the Villiger 1888, made by Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Uh, so again, Ernesto, we can't go wrong with that. No. So we keep working on, on <coughs> great blends with great people that we trust right. to make our cigars. You know, again, we we think that we can that, that in order to be relevant in the U.S. market, we need to have great partners to help us to develop you know the best products possible. Well, I cannot wait to uh, try this new Villiger La Vencedora, the Victor. The Victor, yes, sir. All right, sir. so we'll chit-chat a little bit later. You're going to be here for a while, right? I'm going to have a cigar over here. Perfect. We'll <laughs> chat. Rene Castaneda, president of Villiger Cigar. You never know who you're going to run into. So, mm -hmm. Rene, glad you, we saw you. And good to, I haven't seen you in a while. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you. Great to see you. I was surprised, but thank you so much. Absolutely. Rene Castaneda, president of Villiger Cigars. And Tommy, one of the other cigars that I wanted to mention, one of the manufacturers, Davidoff didn't release anything new. However, in the Avo line, they launched their Avo Unexpected. They have yeah. a celebration, a yellow, a moment of blue, tradition green, passion in red, and an Avo East and West. Yeah. What'd you think? I they didn't have any. I didn't do the East and White yet. Yes, I did the four different blends, and they all were exceptional. They were very, very good. Yeah, the colors, the packaging was nice. Very different, yes. unexpected, because yes. you don't think that in an Avo cigar. Yes. And by the way, we spoke at length with Scott Colasar, who is the brand manager for Camacho and uh, an Avo, at length. And if you go to CigarDave.com, you will see our PCA Premium Cigar Association. Uh, convention coverage and we're going to keep that up all year all of our archives will stay up so you'll have an opportunity to see all those interviews on demand you can go to the cigar dave mobile app site or just cigar dave mobile app and you can watch them there as well also davidoff launched at camacho the bxp tubos which essentially is the connecticut the corojo and the ecuador same blends yeah. but in a box press and they smoke a little different yes i like that and another variation of the Ecuador and the Connecticut and the Corojo was the Camacho Distillery Edition. Yeah. Those were good. Yes, they were. Where they aged some of the tobacco in bourbon barrels for a minimum of six months. Yeah. But very, very nice. All right, so let me tell you, I go from Vegas, and I had a good time in Vegas. I will tell you that I ate at three different steakhouses three nights in a row. I didn't have any breakfast or lunch, just went for dinner. And I did an experiment. I had the same exact item at all mm -hmm. three steakhouses. The first night, I went to Del Frisco, ran into Bobby mm -hmm. Newman and the uh, J.C. Newman clan. I had the bone-in ribeye, Pittsburgh-style medium rare with the Brussels sprouts grilled. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Loved it. The second night, I decided to stay in the hotel, and I went to Delmonico, which is one of the Emerald Lagasse yep. restaurants. Ordered the same thing. Told them I want no butter oil on the steak. They did a nice job on that, but they did not do it correctly on the Brussels sprouts. They had to redo it. Overpriced. I had nothing to drink, just yeah. water, water with lemon. The ribeye, which was, I think, a 22-ounce, but realistically the meat itself was maybe about 16 ounces. Right. Still a good-sized steak. And the Brussels sprouts, with gratuity, was 128 bucks. Not inexpensive. All right, I can do that on my own grill for probably about 20 bucks, and it, less than that, and it's far superior. Next thing, last night, I got invited by the folks from Swisher and Drew Estate, Dave Salem, who handles all their international sales, who I've known for a long time. He said, General, he saw me. I was going, going walking, and he said, come on, we're, we're going to go out to dinner. Why don't you join us tonight? I said, all right, great. 
and uh, they had some clients from Canada and a couple of their other people. So we went to the new Smith & Walensky, which was mm. opened a month. It's located in the Grand Canal shops attached to the Palazzo and the Venetian. Ordered the same thing, the steak, the Brussels sprouts, some asparagus. We ordered some stuff for the table. Excellent. Mm. Excellent. So in order of quality, mm. I would say it was Smith & Walensky. Actually, correction, Del Frisco number one. Mm. Smith & Walensky, a close number two, and way, way far, way back, about 50 lengths back, was Delmonico. Yeah. I thought it was just overpriced. And when I went to California, I went to Mastro's yeah. Ocean Club in Newport Coast. Great steak, great Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Fantastic. Did you know I was a waiter at Del Frisco's for years? When and in where? The Orlando one before it changed the Christner's. I never knew that. Yeah. Now, there was a Del Frisco grill. Mm-hmm. Here in Tampa. Correct. But it's not like the Del Frisco no. Double Eagle. No. It is nowhere near. I've been to the Del Frisco Grill here. They're not cigar friendly no. upstairs. Nobody eats up there in the summer. It should no. be cigar friendly. Their general manager gets it. She's like, I got a regional manager in Palm Beach who's anti-cigars, anti-everything, even though the president of Del Frisco and CEO loves cigars. Mm-hmm. But I find the Del Frisco Grill, even their steak, no. 10 thumbs down. Not good. It's up for sale. That one? All of them, the, grill, the whole grill concept. Oh, I didn't realize that they yeah. should because it's not that great. The Del Frisco Double Eagle is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Really enjoyed that. And the, the server I had at the bar, she was great, very, very accommodating, very nice. Uh, and Smith & Walensky, I really have not eaten I have one other York. time. Yeah, that's where I ate. And mm-hmm. It was a long time ago, but it was really, yeah. really, it was excellent. Always solid. Delmonico, very, I think you get a better meal for less price, believe it or not, at Longhorn Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Yeah. So it was disappointing, but Mastro's was great. We went to cut. Guy Savoy's place, which yep. was amazing. Yeah, that is good. Cut was awesome. And they, we did the old homestead in the Monte Cristo Lounge. It, How right was there. that? Eh. Okay. Weak. It, it was weak. Weak. All right. There you go. And I'll tell you, the old days where food was inexpensive in Vegas, mm-hmm. they are over. I didn't get a chance to go to Piero's, which is on mm-hmm. Convention Center Boulevard. Great old-time place off the strip. Highly recommend Piero's. They've got Italian. Yeah. they got steaks. they got se- great. Next year, Tommy, you we'll go. Yeah. We'll get Jeff. We'll off to go to Piero's. You'll see Wayne Newton, the Rat Pack, used to eat there. Yeah. Really old-time Vegas. Great, great, and a lot less than what I would spend at, uh, at Delmonico. All right, so I go from Vegas to California, flying to John Wayne, Orange County Airport. What a pleasure. What a delight. Beautiful airport. Literally, I go off the airplane, go to the men's room for about three minutes, I then go downstairs to the baggage area. My bag is coming off, one and two. All I had to do was go about 30 feet across the street to get my rental car, and I'm on my way. It was total opposite of LAX. Mm-hmm. It was delightful. So I was in Newport Beach from, uh, let's see, the Wednesday after IPCPR. So I was actually I was there from the 2nd until the following, what was it, uh, Sunday. So I was there for about five days. Now, I did see in this, they have an espresso boutique. So you walk in, you get samples of everything, all the different espressos. You know I'm a big fan of yep. espresso. That was great. Really enjoyed. Walked to Balboa Island, got a lot of walking in, sat out in the sun, hit the spa, needed some well-deserved R&R. So on July 4th, I go do my walk, go down for breakfast. I'm in my bed, or in my room, lying on the bed reading the paper, and all of a sudden I start to feel a swaying motion, like I'm on a cruise ship. And I knew what was happening, but something in your brain says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on a second. 
is this an earthquake? It's like surreal. And it takes about three, four seconds to acknowledge, yes, it's an earthquake. It wasn't a typical up and down violent earthquake, but I could definitely feel it. And the building, I was on the fifth floor overlooking, and you almost get a sense of vertigo. It's a weird sensation, very odd, as if you're on a <clears throat> cruise ship and it's motioning, you know, rocking back and forth. And it lasted for about 20, 25 seconds. And I'm like, okay, I was definitely in an earthquake. I then go check Twitter, boom, everywhere you go. I turn on the TV. I'm like, wow, I went through a, uh, what was it, a 6.9 or 6.8, whatever it was, earthquake. It was uh, about 150 miles away. But what's very cool is that the Caltech Earthquake Center, along with the U.S. Geological Survey, they had their the head on it, a well-known woman who's a, a Ph.D. She's like the go-to earthquake person, and I'm watching it on local L.A. TV. And when an aftershock's ready to hit, she's like, oh, as she's talking, like this alarm goes off, and she says, okay, an aftershock just hit. She looks at her uh, watch. She goes, okay, it's showing three point. No, that's not right. She goes, that was 5.4. And then there's a countdown timer that when it's going to hit Metro L.A. And sure enough, you know, like 40 seconds away, and then at like the 43-second mark, uh, in, all of a sudden, I felt a little after <clears throat> swaying again. So that was on the 4th. So the next day on Friday, I go out. I come back from dinner at Mastro's. I park the car. I'm in, in the, uh, on the parking garage deck. Stop the car, getting ready to get out, and all of a sudden, I feel the swaying motions. And this is stronger. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, this is definitely stronger than an aftershock. There's no doubt about it. And I could feel it swaying, and I just stayed in the car. Did not run. You know, I was almost like calm. People like, oh, run, get out. I was pretty calm, relaxed. I said, okay, earthquake. Great. Second one I've been in. All right, been through a hurricane. Now I've been through an earthquake, snowstorms. And that lasted for about 20, 25 seconds. I walked, it's about a 20-second walk into the lobby of the hotel. I go to get on the elevator. The elevators are closed. The general manager or the acting manager is at, at the elevator. He said, all the elevators are shut down. Because we had just had another earthquake, we have to get them recalibrated and inspected. We call the elevator company. They're going to be here within the next hour or two, so you got to walk up. I'm like, oh, five flights of steps, no problem. So I said, well, hopefully by the time that I check out in a day or two, they'll be back up and running. He said, no, they'll be back up. They inspected them. Everything was fine. And as I'm walking up the stairs, I see one of the maintenance supervisors with another guy, and I said, oh, we just got another earthquake. He goes, yeah. He said, Yesterday, I was on the 10th floor of the other building, and you could really feel that rolling because that building was built on using the rollers. He said, this is an older building, so this one wasn't built on rollers. I'm like, great, so this one's going to collapse. He said, it shouldn't. Very comforting right. feeling. But nonetheless, uh, I understand yesterday they had another, I think, 5.4, if I'm not mistaken. So that's the first thing I went through. I went through two earthquakes. Now, when we come back, I'm going to tell you about my experience going into – a uh, 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 Walgreens, and then a supermarket to pick up some things. And then the warning signs that are everywhere in California. Warning sign for coffee. Warning sign for parking garage. Warning sign for the cleaning materials they use in your room. It is the out-of-control People's Republic of California, the final and concluding segment of this 24th anniversary edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. 
The July selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is an Aganorsa leaf sampler, including JFR Lunatic Habano. These gigantic sticks scream alpha with ring gauges as big as 80. The JFR Lunatic Habano is a medium-bodied smoke made with Aganorsa tobacco. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. You couldn't attend the 2019 Premium Cigar Association Convention and Trade Show in Las Vegas where the manufacturers all release new cigars, but the good news is you can catch all the new product launches and get the inside look at every manufacturer's booth as I exclusively walk the entire show floor. We visited the Davidoff booth, Drew Estate, Alec Bradley, Gurkha Cigars, CAO, Padron, Casada. We talked to several cigar retailers, and I did a huge 45-minute walkthrough from the beginning of the show to the end of the show to give you an inside look where we see all the Cigar Insiders. So go to CigarDave.com and catch my exclusive 2019 Premium Cigar Association convention coverage. You can catch it on the Cigar Dave mobile app, CigarDave.com. Just make sure you catch it. Everything you need to know about the world of cigars, you'll find on my exclusive 2019 PCA coverage. All right, as we wrap things up, let me tell you about a couple other items. By the way, I've got some info about the Boeing 737, a lot going on. They're parking Boeing 737 Maxes in their employee parking lot because they're running out of space. True story. We'll get to that next week. And uh, some other issues found in the Boeing software. The, pres- or the uh, head of the Boeing uh, program, 737 program, got whacked. So we'll get to that. Also, we'll talk about the women's soccer team. I thought they were classless in victory, but I'll get to that next week. So. I go into a parking garage, giant signs as you get in and all over the place. Warning, breathing the air in this parking garage can expose you to chemicals including carbon monoxide and gasoline or diesel engine exhaust, which are known to the state of California to cause cancer and birth defects or other reproductive harm. Do not stay in this area longer than necessary. For information, go to 
p65warnings.ca.gov forward slash parking. Well, it's not like I was going to stick my nose into the end of a tailpipe and start inhaling. So then I go to a Starbucks. I get my coffee, overpriced coffee and over-roasted coffee, but I needed some coffee. And I'm putting in my Stevie and stirring it in. And there's a giant warning label by the condiment station. And it says, Prop 65 warning, chemicals known to the state of California to cause cancer and reproductive toxicity, including acrylamide. Our president, uh, president coffee, baked goods, other foods or beverages sold here. Acrylamide is not added to our products, but results from cooking, such as when coffee beans are roasted or baked goods are baked. As a result, acrylamide is present in our brewed coffee, including coffee made at home or elsewhere, so on and so forth. Your personal cancer risk is affected by a wide variety of factors. For more info regarding acrylamide, go to this web. Are you kidding me? Breathing the air, walking, everything to these clowns causes cancer. It's ridiculous. And I did have a chance. Fred Forche of Bit Central took me in his plane. We went from Orange County Airport to Santa Catalina Island, had lunch there. Unbelievable. I'll talk more about that next week. Tommy, I appreciate the hospitality. Thanks for joining us today for our PCA recap. You got it. Anytime. Get ready for next year. My friend Cigar Dave, the general say, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alphas.